Have you ever pushed down parts of yourself to fit in? I'm guessing we all have. We learn young which parts of ourselves are acceptable to show to others and um, which ones we might want to relegate to the cupboard under the stairs, never to be seen again. But what if you're a person of color? How does that complexify the situation? Kanchan Prinsloo was an Indian girl who grew up in a predominantly white culture. She learned fast to be smart, but not too smart. Conform, be a good girl, look pretty, do what you're told, blend in. Later in her corporate career, Kanchan understood that this second self that she'd created, the performer or the fitter inner as she calls it, could compellingly climb the corporate ladder and lead teams, but she never felt truly comfortable in her own skin at work. She also didn't feel good enough in her family and felt their unspoken shame and disappointment after her divorce. There was nowhere for her to truly belong. After leaving her nearly 30-year corporate career, Kanchan started coaching women of color, a clientele she's renamed Women of Culture to add the necessary nuance. A woman of culture is a definition that talks about all of who I am and what makes me unique. So it's speaking to my cultural heritage, my upbringing, my values, my traditions, and not just my color. Now in her mid-50s, Kanchan is owning her story of what it means to be her full self. In this episode, you'll learn how she's closing the gap between the vivacious whole self that she's living into and the fitter inner self that still pops up now and again. Before we dive in, hello, I'm Dr. Mandy Leto, executive coach and your guide in these deep, gritty, real, and sometimes funny conversations for overachievers and perfectionists and anybody else who wants to hustle less and be more, but doesn't know where to start. You're in the right place and I'm so glad you're here. I drop us right into today's conversation with Kanchan talking about fitting in versus belonging. Ready? Let's go. I was born in India. And I've been in Canada for 50 years. And I would smile when people go, oh my God, you weren't born here? And I'd be like, oh yeah, because inside I'm like, great, I fit in. My lineage is always fit in wherever they are. That's why I'm standing here today. But the thing is, I started to really shape who I was because of that. Or somebody turning around and, and being uh, surprised that, you know, well, I actually don't know where you are. You kind of look Spanish, Italian. And I would kind of laugh at that because I was fitting in and I never really started to own who I was. And it added to that whole desire of when I was in doubt, I really wanted to be liked. And I was, you know, how do I get in and never really, never really stopping to go, what makes me unique? Because God knows I didn't want to really be that unique. What I wanted to be was be really good at doing the work that I needed to do without standing out, but yet really wanting to stand out because I was a gold star girl myself. Like I really wanted to, to do good, but not so good that I would be potentially pegged at something that wasn't going to be, you know, that the imposter syndrome creeped in on a regular basis. And then I'd go home and I'd have my parents who like, they did not want to they wanted to blend into the society. Look, we lived in a, I, I was the diversity. I didn't know it. I was around a, a, a very homogenous society that was 
I had no idea. We, we blended in, we did all that we needed to do, but yet I lived a lie. Like my parents, I wasn't allowed to date, but what did I have to do? I lied, I got out, I sneaked out, up to and including putting myself at risk. I remember going to a, a, a wedding, never having drank much wine, sneaking behind my parents' back, going with the boy, going to a wedding, having a couple glasses of wine, not knowing much about, stand up and the floor just about hit me in the face, like literally two glasses of wine. I still had to get home. And how do I, you know, and I was going to a girlfriend's house because I lied where I was going, putting myself at risk. I've got the windows rolled down, the guy's driving behind me, and I'm driving because I was more afraid of telling anyone the truth or what I was doing than, than otherwise. Like little stories that you kind of go, oh, the landscape's a bit shaky. You can't fully tell your truth. You can't fully go out there because culturally it may not be accepted or that there is another layer of, well, who am I? I don't know who the heck I am. I'm just trying to fit in in, in every aspect I can. Only now realizing that what I wanted was belonging and belonging is very different than fitting in as, as you and I both know. I mean, fitting in is, is being accepted for being, for being like the others, whereas belonging has everything to do with being accepted for you. Well, I didn't know who you was. Who the hell was I to turn around and figure out that I was going to belong? It's like, I don't know who I am because I'm too busy trying to make sure that I'm getting in there. In her book, The Gifts of Imperfection, Dr. Brene Brown gives us a distinction between fitting in versus belonging. Here's a quote. Fitting in is about assessing a situation and becoming who you need to be to be accepted. Belonging, on the other hand, doesn't require us to change who we are. It requires us to be who we are. Thank you, Brene. Here's what I've been thinking about. What happens when your culture isn't part of the dominant culture, as it is for many women of culture who Kenshin coaches? The becoming who you need to be to be accepted part rings especially true. So Kenshin wasn't able to be who she was because as a fitter in her, she had no idea what it even meant to be herself. So instead, she became a performer. I asked Kenshin to think back to where that performer self showed up and how that red thread of performing stitched through most of her adult life. So I'm inviting you to listen for how Kenshin performed over shame and difficult feelings that had no safe outlet. The very young one was very aware uh, how we showed up had to be a full performance. We needed to look the part. I mean, when you've got clothes ironed, hair slicked, all of that, going through meeting physical needs. My parents were all about meeting physical needs, coming to a country, doing what they needed to do. So I knew that I needed to look the part. So when I reached a point where three out of four women are molested or violated in some way and realizing, wow, sitting at a table uh, with four other women and realizing I'm silent, but I'm the third one at this table and not being able to share that with anyone was right. I've pushed down being the one that's exiting out of a house and having my mother look at me from head to toe to see how I look. And I'm in my teens at this point and going, oh, you might want to put on your contacts, judge, judge, judge. 
assess, 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 and going, frick, I'm not, you know, this isn't enough, whatever this is. And I'm dressed well, but I'm so continuously being reminded who and how I am showing up isn't safe to tell somebody, isn't safe to be. I don't even know what B is. There's a certain rule out there that I somehow have to fit into, but I don't really even know what it is. Getting divorced and being with my parents with two small kids, realizing that the community event they were going to, they didn't live in the same city. And I'm visiting them in the city that I grew up in, that they really didn't want me to go because they were embarrassed that I was divorced, pushed down, pushed down. Nobody says it out loud, but all the actions tell me otherwise. And so as I go through it and I'm continuously reminded of am I enough question being answered outside and never pausing enough to ask it myself, I was too busy looking outwards to see am I enough? Am I going to make it? Am I going to do it? Continuously seek, you know, having secrets because God forbid, nobody's going to want to hear what I have to say. And you know what they will see? The performance I can do in my work. Oh, hell yeah. I will flip and succeed in ways that people don't even want to question what may be underneath it. And I always kept a bit of a distance. I always led fairly large teams, but I always kept a bit of a distance under the cloak of, oh, you don't want to mix, you know, you don't want to get too close to the staff that you're with or teams that you're with because you've got to make hard decisions. Oh no, I just didn't want to share who I possibly could have been. I could make an excuse for why I was separate from my teams. And then I had kids. I had a neutral third party I could talk about and people could figure out who I was, but they didn't. It was such a performance. I curated every conversation. I went in, did the joke where it needed to be timed. I did the, I did the connection where I thought it was going to be. And I became these, this person where people would go, oh my God, we're such good friends because I share so much. Right, you share so much with me. I share jack shit about myself because I'm only handing out what I think is safe enough to hand out. So I wasn't even true to myself let alone the relationships. And I, I literally designed relationships where people felt so close to me. Like, and I'm like, oh, hell no. I got four people that I'm close to. They're my family, my husband, my kids, and one friend. The rest is all performance. Am I embarrassed to say this? Hell yeah. Because I've got a lot of friends out there that wouldn't have known that. But that's me taking performance from being a child and really thinking I needed to look externally for approval, for all the stuff that everyone else has, knowing that my home life and the cultural values I grew up with were very different than the ones that were out in the world. And then I turn around and continue to perform, perform, perform. And, and knowing that there is a huge disconnect. So when I left my first career, the career that gave the big tick box to my parents to go, yeah, you've made it. And being rocked by my parents, rocking my parents, I should say, to going, why are you leaving? What, do, what are you doing? You're starting from scratch. And then listening only to my husband who said, yeah, I support what she's doing. Going, flip. 
they still aren't hearing me. They need to have my husband speak up for me. And that's them being them. That's what they are and who they are. I now can see it. At the time, it was one more devastation of why can you not see me? I had been performing for you for so many years and you still can't see me and give me the grace to trust that what I've been doing has actually been great. Nope. And I'm not sure if they ever will. The difference is now that I'm kind of going, right, I was busy performing. I didn't even know who I was then. Kenshin coaches women of culture, and in those deep conversations, she hears a lot of what she herself is sharing with us today. This curated persona that's an attempt to fit into the dominant culture means there's no real belonging. But there's often this feeling of not truly belonging in one's family either. Offline, Kenshin and I talked about how the precariousness of a sense of true selfhood might show up, for instance, as imposter syndrome at work. She says that these are women who have so many double firsts. For example, the first black woman or the first Indian woman in a particular job. So Kenshin says there's a lot of insecurity and self-doubt. There are not a lot of role models. There can be a lot of people pleasing and being overly nice or timid. There's a lot of over-torquing to continue fitting in at work. So Kanchen is a stand for these women, encouraging them to start owning their own stories so that they can show up more powerfully. And I'm really curious how she started to do that for herself. I do know one thing is that I'm not a victim. I'm an adult making choices every single day. So what does that mean for me as a woman of culture facing speaking out loud things that I was never encouraged to do. You don't air your dirty laundry. We're too busy trying to settle into Canada and feeling like we are a contribution. Not Nobody wants to hear your garbage. Nobody wants to hear your troubles. That's the messaging I got from my family. So now I'm at a crossroads where I do this work and going, oh, for me to share my stories, who am I to do that and possibly embarrass my family or somehow impact people around me? I don't know. Can I do that? Should I do that? So I, I struggle. And it's because I trust you, Mandy. I trust who you are and how you show up that I go, okay, I can, I can touch this a little bit. And, and it's so critical for me to surround myself with people that I trust and will give me honest feedback because I'm navigating new territory every single day. I have a 30-year-old daughter who has navigated new territory. We navigate some of it together, some of it separate, but it's beautiful because we are adjusting, creating, and thriving in ways that I didn't even know was gonna be possible because I am owning my story bit by bit, as most women of culture do. Because God forbid, I am busy making my shit happen in terms of my education, how I show up, all the theories, all the, I double down on work. But doubling down on me and my vulnerability and sharing it, whew, whew, that is something that continues to be uncharted ground for me and is a stretch. Thank you so much for sharing that and for trusting me. 
So my journey into self-discovery started with having to face what, you know, what is being molested and doing the journey of a lot of couches. In hindsight, for me, it comes because I literally am seeking to be comfortable in my own skin, the body that is me. The biggest thing is, is I've never felt fully comfortable in my skin because I knew there was two of me in the world. So that's where I would say has been my, that, that has been my continual journey. And I'd love to say I'm there. I'm so in it still every single day. And you're right. I have people look at me and go, my God, you've got your own company now. You're doing this, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, yes, and. And every flippin' day, I've got a Mandy that looks at me and says, I want to get underneath X. And I look at you because I trust you and go, okay, let's go there. Let me take another step. I am very intentional about the people I hold around me because I can tell you my story isn't too far off of the executive women I coach. They have reached heights in their career and doing, and they reach a point and go, holy shit, I am, I am not fully showing up. I know I'm not. So we go there. We go into those spaces and conversations because they themselves want to be aligned, not have two bodies floating out there, the really exceptional one and the one that walks around with, with such deep-seated break of imposter syndrome of who I am in one space, culturally values, heritage, traditions is very different than the one I show up with. Not, not hugely different, but enough different that I'm not in my own skin. If you're a longtime listener to the podcast, you'll know that the healing work of self-acceptance isn't a one and done. Kanchen spent years in therapy and coaching, working through the belief that she was broken. Broken because she didn't feel good enough in either culture. Broken because of the isolation of non-belonging, layered with the pushing down of her own truth of being molested and having to hold that by herself. Remember Dr. Shoshana Garfield in episode 30? She talked about the exploration in the dark caves of our being when we feel broken and the realization that we're not what happened to us. So do go back and listen to that one if you haven't already. Tons of mic drops in that episode. Next, I asked Kenshin to share a few techniques that have helped her as a woman of culture to lay down the fitting in and the performing and to recalibrate towards belonging. A lot of it has to do with creating the necessary safety to start exploring that way of being. So Kanchan, what you got for us? Performance means that there is a disconnect from self. This is what I know about myself. So I, I disconnected from myself and not even knowing what trusting self was. So I then started to go, oh my gosh, what I see, what I believe, I, it's, it's what it is. This is 100%. And now I've reached a new point in my life where I now say, don't believe everything I think, or I have a feeling of. For me, staying curious has saved me because is it true? A lot of Byron Katie's work, is it true? Is it really true? And questioning things because I have some really strong neural pathways that get me right to where I think I need to be that I have tried to fix up, but still aren't there. So I sit there and I go, 
that's a big one for me is that I really am going, don't believe everything that I think or kind of feel right now. The other couple of things that, that I really am aware of, because you talk about safety, and that is very, very true as a woman of culture who is environments that I may stand out uh, than other pe- compared to other people. So I, I need to be safe. One of the biggest things that I do and I've started to do, it's a lot of somatic work from Resma Menica, is, is around going into a room and knowing where my exits are immediately. So I create my own safety of going, okay, that's a window, that's an exit, that's a door, that's an exit, where's my back? Where? So just, just being really clear of making myself feel safe in the space I am in today, not searching backwards and not jumping too far ahead. And, and the other piece that has been really helpful is when I go into a space is reminding myself that I am in the present. So I literally will look around a room and and make sure that I am grounding myself in the space that I am. I look behind me, I look all spaces, and then I will focus on something that is alive, be it a plant. So you'll see a plant in my screen because I can look at it and it is alive or an animal or a little pet, whatever it is. grounding myself in the present because only then can I truly be here and be able to speak from this space. So I ask every guest to lay a brick of wisdom, whatever you're present to in this moment to bring this beautiful conversation to a close. What would you leave with listeners? We aren't broken. That's the wisdom that everyone needs to remember. We aren't broken. We're not needing to fix, we're needing to just align. Thank you, Kanshin, for sharing so generously. And if you would like to connect with Kanshin, you'll find her details on my website in the show notes. Can you think of a woman of culture who needs to hear this episode? Thank you so much for sharing and do keep your Apple podcast reviews coming in. They make a huge difference. Next time on the pod, it's a solo episode and you're going to learn about the scams that might be running your life and how those beliefs are scamming you out of self-acceptance, joy, and ease in your own being. Thank you so much for listening. Let's do this all again in two weeks.